It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. We welcome Brandon Vogel in from Counter Reed and Drunk Monk chimes in the good thing about nebraska's rotation is that hoiberg trusts a lot of guys to play yeah, i went back and uh and, and checked very that, true that nebraska iowa game from back in 2011 that i was referencing 2013 that i was referencing uh nebraska outside of their starting lineup had 12 minutes between three bench guys that was all uh you had siobhan shields play 37 minutes that game uh and again this is the comeback they were down 19 points or 17 points against iowa and and uh, came back uh, Siobhan Shields had 37, uh, Brandon Ubel had 37 minutes, Dylan Talley had 39 minutes, Ray Gallegos had 40 minutes, he played every single I loved minute. Ray Gallegos. And then you also had, uh, David Rivers with 35 minutes ah, in that basketball Rivers game. Rivers was money. I liked Rivers. And that, that was Bogues. the game, if you remember, where, uh, sorry, just to add it in, Dylan Talley hit that big shot down at the end to give Nebraska a three-point lead and really seal the victory. I'm, I'm forgetting his last name, but there was a Glenn from Illinois that came in with Roby. Might have been the uh, just a couple Watson. Years following. Glenn Watson. Glenn Watson. Thank you. Glenn went off against Iowa. There was another monster comeback against the, the Hawkeyes. Vogues, we're, we're playing with Fred's lineup here. And there's guys that I think could, could enter in, i.e. Wiltshire, i.e. Hoiberg, uh, that, that we're toying with. <laughs> I don't know that Kisei could handle – a demotion. I think going from these last game struggles we're talking, and I think Dolman nailed the, the five, the seven, the three. Those are his scoring tallies the last three games. And we, we but he hit some some big shots. I go back to Northwestern though. I mean he he daggered that bastard and had I think thirteen. So that was his last double digit scoring. Uh, Walter wants to know what cocktail I'm drinking out of the Stanley Cup. Uh, it is just water. Uh, it is a promise. It's just water. It's it's only uh, um, it's only eight oh six Central Time. I, I'm I'm out of practice for the uh, the early tailgate run. But what are your thoughts, Vogues? First, uh, wow, uh, with the win over Wisconsin, pretty awesome, incredible environment. Uh, B. Have you ever left games early when you were wearing the fan hat? And then, C, do you tweak the lineup? Um, good morning. Let's see. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I'll try to – I'm not going to go in order here. Have I left games early? Yeah, I was a <clears throat> partial season ticket holder, meaning I didn't have the whole season for uh, the Boston Celtics when they were basically oh, tanking. Wow. I, 2006, <laughs> seven. I mean, and I, I forget who they're even trying to get at that point. Um, could go back and look it up, but point is they weren't trying real hard to be real good. Um, so some of those, some of those midweek January night games uh, in, in frosty Boston, uh, where the Celtics were seemingly down like 18 points instantly. Yeah. I probably left one or two of those early. Um, because you know I lived there and uh, and I had at that point and I had a 
had plenty more games to go to. So if uh, if there wasn't reason to stay, I, I would beat the I would beat the traffic home on on that one. Uh, tweaking the roster, where you are for <laughs> for a reason, I guess. I mean, it's 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 working, and I think we've seen. Well, we certainly saw it against Wisconsin. Um, it, it's kind of I think your point is would putting putting Wilcher in the starting lineup, uh, you know, Robbie Hubble on BTN said after that game, like CJ may have just locked up six six man a year, which I think a lot of us could could see that being the case. Could the lineup, could Tobinaga handle a, a demotion? I don't think you. I don't think you even need to risk it because you you know you can bring Wilcher in. Um, you know you've got Hoiberg. Like the, the bench boost is, and I'm not talking to Nebraska. I think for any team is probably. Well, I don't know if big time coaches undervalue it, but from like an observer slash fan perspective, might be undervalued. If you're like, well, if a guy's your third leading scorer off the bench, why doesn't he start? Well, I mean. Maybe maybe he's better in those situations, but it's it's nice to have something that you can count on the way Nebraska's been able to with Wiltshire for the most part coming off the bench. So I'd say I'd say let it ride. Go with the lineup you've got. You feel like you've got a rotation that, that works and, and you've got some really good players who, who you know what they're going to bring for the most part coming off the bench. Brandon, uh, on a different note here, a lot of people in the stream talking about the nice, uh, the best cocktail to start your morning. If you are drinking all day, <laughs> what is the best cocktail to start your morning? I don't think we can go Bloody Mary. That'd be not great radio. Everyone's going to say Bloody Mary. If you want to go there, you can. But it's true. Yeah, it's... Uh, I've always it, been it, a fan it, of the well, Irish coffee, personally. Yeah, see, I've never... I, I like Jameson, or, or what do you put in the Irish coffee? Uh, whatever you got. Okay. <laughs> um, We've heard it's a thing. Coffee with a splash of brandy is the breakfast of champions. I've got some some brandy from uh, Western Nebraska. Oh, see, this, see now I haven't I haven't tried brandy because the the coffee coffee cocktails have never totally worked for me. I'm not a, I'm just not a huge fan of Bailey's or the Ilk. And while I do like whiskey or bourbon, like I don't feel like the the flavors have ever gone that well. With coffee, uh, I don't do tomato juice. Um, so yeah, it's kind of uh, orange beer might be the best bet for me. Actually, um, you know, if you're starting early on a on a Saturday morning for an uh, 11 a.m. kickoff, that's probably the way I would go. Or, well, I think we I think this came up previously uh, when talking to you guys for a Saturday show. You know, you could definitely go with coffee porter or something. I mean, if you're going to have an orange mm. beer, mm. then you know. And it's say it's October. Uh, you could go that route too. How about a uh, uh, a vodka Red Bull? Is that too aggressive for your your morning drinking? <laughs> that that <laughs> is blackout juice, man. <laughs> too many weddings. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I see I see where you're going there, uh, Elijah. For, uh, I don't want to speak for Chris, uh, but I'll, I'll speak for myself at this stage in my life. I think my, my vodka Red Bull days are over. <laughs> <laughs> Brandon, Elijah, that's like benching your five-star quarterback and putting in a tight end. <laughs> Bloody Marys are a key part of the Saturday morning tailgate. See, that they might just be my own PTSD from Broncos fans calling for Taysom Hill. Uh, getting him in free agency this offseason, which is re- replacing your, your great quarterback with a tight end. So maybe that's uh, the literal uh, perfect 
example, actually, for, for what I've been going through this offseason. Uh, quick shout out to our friend Eric. Sponsor plug for my race team, Sugarland Shine. Makes incredible ego sipping moonshine. Bang. I had a bad experience in South Dakota with moonshine one night. Uh, <clears throat> off, so, the off the record? No, I, I mean, I was with a bunch of coaches. Hey, try this. I was the play-by-play guy for, for Dakota State. <laughs> Let's just say Saturday morning shift was interesting. Uh, that, was probably, that, was probably, that was probably real, like, black market moonshine at that point, right? That was like, yeah, the guy had a, t- a legit tub in his upstairs, and he had uh, enough room to have – well, this bathroom we really don't use to shower, but this is where I make my shine, and it was it was diesel. It was brutal. <laughs> uh, imagine the re- reaction. So what got this drinking thing kicked off is uh, we went from steak in a beer bed to, all right, you, you do your shot of shame, right? We did a shot of shame I did yesterday on Friday's show because I picked against Nebraska. Steak in a beer bed turned into – all right, shot, loser has to take a shot. Well, it was well, supposed to be out of this Texas mug, but we were up at the old Herdat Sports we, Bar and Grill yesterday, so it didn't so, make yeah. much sense to bring the Texas mug. So if whoever's wrong, Monday will take a shot out of the, the Longhorn mug as part of that shot of shame. And Scotty, our, our dear friend, our, our longtime listener, whenever he comes to our road shows, you've met Scott before from Shields, he uh, he buys us rumple mints because <laughs> that's his thing, and I mean, in my reaction to the rumple, I I just I can't do it. Uh, it it's right up there with the, the black licorice uh, type uh, type booze shot. Not so. a Jaeger guy. No, hell no. Spring break ruined that. Uh, <laughs> it should be noted when I went up to the bar to order those shots yesterday. I said, "Yeah, I need a nasty shot," and she goes. Uh, I, I need more than that. Like, what do you think? And I said, Rumplemints. And she goes, Rumplemints is delicious. That's not a nasty shot. And I said, exactly. <laughs> uh, well, back to sports, <laughs> Vogues. We've kind of solved the uh, don't risk it. That's a, a solid uh, take on Nebraska basketball. As you look into February, and I'll pull up the, the big red schedule. Also get your thoughts on some recruiting in just a moment with with uh, 2025 quarterbacks, but the next three, obviously at Illinois tomorrow at Northwestern Wednesday, I think it's Michigan Saturday, a week from today that, that comes to Lincoln and then Penn state. But, you know, February's here as you, you find your way into to March. And I'm interested here on this February forecast with Nebraska, what's needed, what's, what's possible. And, uh, you know, somewhere, somewhere in between. Uh, Nebraska is on the right side of things, and, and we keep going back and forth with this discussion, but it's at Illinois, it's at Northwestern, Michigan's at home, Penn State's at home, you're at Indiana, and then you round out with Minnesota at home the 25th, and then Thursday night you're at Ohio State. From a quality standpoint illinois and northwestern are one two i think from a road standpoint on top of this road schedule indiana would be smiled upon uh, from a road win as would ohio state both of these teams may continue to scuffle or play below their star power 
but they have the ability to flip it on and put it on you at home. So you've got, to me, some quality wins aside from obviously this next five days, this stretch where we know Northwestern right now is in and Illinois is looking at a three or a four seed right now, unless they fade a little bit. Can't say anything uh, for, for Indiana or Ohio State. They're probably all on the wrong side of the bubble right now. So, but they, they would be smiled upon road wins, all of the above. But what can you do the rest of February? I mean, do you get one? Do you get two? That's not a good road schedule. I don't like going to Indiana. I don't like going to Ohio State. I sure as hell don't like going to Illinois and Northwestern. Maybe a little bit vulnerable because of their gut punches, but they're still really, really tough at home. They've been incredible this year. Yeah, they have. And I mean, even even that finale at Michigan, like, you're just I – mean, Nebraska hasn't done anything on the road so far uh, post-Kansas State, I guess, which, you know, <laughs> the bloom has come off that rose a little bit. Um, to, to, to pencil in any of these these road games. So I think, you know, they've got five left. Is that right? Um, so – for a home that's, five that's, on the road, yeah. that's that's just February. They they end the year at Michigan Sunday the tenth of of March. They have yeah. Rutgers at home. They have two and they have two in, in March. Rutgers yep. in Michigan. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, getting two road wins then for the month of February, I would I would consider that a win. Um, I mean, in terms of like, what do we need to see from Nebraska? That's that's it, right? I mean, they beat the number one, number six team in the country at home now um, in slightly different but similarly kind of improbable ways, um, but not not wins that didn't feel – they didn't feel unearned by, by any means. Um, so the, the biggest – so I guess up there of like exceeds expectations would be let's, let's see Nebraska bring a little bit of what it has at home on the road, which we've been talking about basically all year, right? Um, what, I, what I meant is, you know, what's, what's minimally doable for Nebraska? What, you know, what do we need to see in February road-wise? One in, one in four, two in two? I mean, I don't, you don't want to, you don't want to go winless. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> what's doable with, with how this team, with how we've seen this team play it, even in stretches on the road, um, which, which has been the frustrating thing. I, I don't think they'll, they'll lose out on the road. Um, so like, like I said, I think two and two, um, if there's four games, um, two and two or two wins out of that, that's, that's more than we've seen from this team to this point. Um, so that would be, that would be a good sign then heading into March. Uh, and, you know, in terms of being at home, um, that's kind of the one where I think you, you run into a little bit more trouble where, okay, you beat Purdue. Now you beat Wisconsin. Creighton's the only team that that's come in and, and put it to you on your home floor. Can you avoid for lack of a better term, a dumb one at home. Um, that that'll be that'll be really important to you, and and maybe in some ways might be a better barometer of exactly where this team's at, getting ready to go into postseason time. Brandon Vogel with us here, a weekend edition of Hale Varsity Radio, and Brandon, I want to get your thoughts on Brandon in the stream chats thoughts. He says that if you get one of these next two road games, you'll put a stamp on the tournament. Obviously, these next two so important. 
with K-State falling off that quad one victory line. You have two more chances now uh, to get a quad one victory in the next two games. I believe your only remaining quad one opportunity is at Ohio State. Uh, so you do have three more quad one road opportunities, two of them in the next two games. Do you agree with this, that if you get one of the next two, you, you put a stamp on the tournament, kind of lock up your, your NCAA tournament hopes, or, or what's your take on the importance of these next two games now that you've gotten that win against Wisconsin? Yeah, I, 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 I think I agree um, with Brandon, which I always try to do with Brandon's. Um, it's just one of the rules that I live, why, live by. But you, you add a quad one road win to what Nebraska already has, and that's going to be a pretty tough resume to ignore. Um, I mean, it already kind of is with just the, the big home wins. Um, but you, you, you prove something else about yourself if you, if you go and do that on the road. Um, certainly would be the case with, with Illinois. Um, although Northwestern would, would definitely would be something, something more than we've seen from this team as well. So barring, you know, a, a total collapse after that. Yeah. I think that team would be, would be in, um, it would be hard to keep them out at that point. Vogue's going to switch gears. Uh, Brandon Vogel, counter read, counter and you have uh, another offer that's gone out for the 2025 class at quarterback. Let's get into some some recruiting. And uh, this is part of the all-name team. You have Madden, Emmy Alalava. Nailed it. And, yeah. I've nice. been working on that freaking name for 15 minutes, I promise you. Uh, Nico Emmy Alalava is kind of the rage right now at Tennessee. You saw a glimpse of him in the bowl game uh, and super talented. And the West Coast family, uh, Madden right now got an offer from Glenn Thomas Thursday. Brian Christofferson with the report on this. And Nebraska, of course, Matt Zoller's out of Pennsylvania is, is a target. Uh, St. Louis is Dylan Duff, a target. The six two, six foot three is kind of the the frame these kids have. Uh, Madden, super athletic, also a volleyball player, and Nebraska uh, targeting Madden here. Auburn, Cal, uh, Coach Prime, the U, Ole Miss, TCU, Tennessee, and uh, Nebraska uh, extending that offer uh, later this past week. And and like the kids mobility like his arm and i love that that nebraska is kind of going big here you just landed a, a monster get with with uh, dylan riola obviously but they're, they're not they're not resting now i don't really think that there's too much math to do if if i'm uh, madden and my brother kills it at tennessee i i follow my brother maybe that's the case maybe it's not but your thoughts here, uh, Vogues, on on Nebraska's quarterback targets and just the reality in today's college football world. And, Elijah, you'll have a take on this too, I'm sure, of, of going after similar to same talent level or just what, you're, what you like from a scouting standpoint for an offense uh, while you have the dude here or the perceived dude here already. Yeah, I mean, it makes <clears throat> you'll you'll have to overcome the hurdle of you know Raiola being like well, his, his career just started, but I think at quarterback, you know, when you're out there, you're pitching this is like, hey, if this goes as well as it could, 
Like if, if you're as good as, as you are and, and we do our job as well as we do, as we think we can, like this is going to move fast. Like, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to worry about uh, this job not being available for, for multiple, for three, four years. Although I guess that would be the case presumably with our, with the 2025 signee, but you kind of work around that. But I, I think you use the the brand value that landing a Dylan Raiola gives you. And I think that's what we're seeing. Um, it's kind of a strike while the iron is hot. Um, at this point, he <laughs> he hasn't played a game. You know, you do this for the 2026, 27 classes as you get a little farther down the road. Uh, all of a sudden, like how Dylan Raiola is performing, like, is he still there? Is does Does he look like you know, he's, he's on his, on his way to being a first round draft pick, which is kind of what you'd assume for, for a five-star quarterback, those things will become more important. So right now you've got, you get a benefit a little bit from, from the unknown. I mean, a lot of the, the, the players that you mentioned that there are also, you know, I think we're seeing rule set it at, I think it was this kind of end of the year recap talking about how he learned, he thinks in the big 10, basically they want, they want, NFL type quarterbacks, you know, he mentioned hand size about being able to play in the cold, um, which, which is a thing that comes up pretty frequently. So I think, and you know, it's, it's changed, you know, it wasn't that long ago when the recruiting sites used to list the quarterbacks differently, right? Dual threat versus pro. I don't think many of them do that anymore because it's just, it's a lot blurrier now. Um, and, and everybody's looking for, for that type of, NFL type quarterback, but most of those guys aren't statues anymore. Um, so I think that's, that's kind of what Nebraska is looking for there. Brandon, whenever you, you look at the influence of the transfer portal, does that make it more or less necessary for Nebraska to get a, a quarterback in their 2025 class? Cause there's two ways you can look at it. One is you got the two 2024 quarterbacks. You assume Ryle is your instant starter. You think then you got Daniel Kalen to, to redshirt for a season and then be an eligibility one year behind Ryola to kind of be that guy in waiting. But then you can look at that as well as being a potential transfer portal candidate, meaning Nebraska needs to get a 2025 quarterback as kind of insurance. The other side being, you know what, you can always go into the transfer portal at some point down the road and get yourself a quarterback. There's always guys that are going to be in the, uh, the, the, the portal at the quarterback position. So you can always go clean up your mistakes later. Which side of that coin are you on? Does the portal make it more or less necessary for Nebraska to, to get a 2025 guy? Yeah, um, I, I kind of take the it's easier to uh, stay out of trouble than get out of trouble approach of like, yes, you're going to be able to get a, a transfer quarterback to if you need to, to basically kind of paper over a hole uh, that may have emerged in your roster. But I look at Nebraska now with just three scholarship quarterbacks and, and kind of view them as they're already behind a little bit um, in terms of just sheer numbers. And that's, you know, how it worked out. That's always going to be a little bit of a moving target in, in today's college football. So I would, if, if it were me, I would try and take a high school kid, a high school quarterback every cycle. Um, and even if you do that, you know, depending, unless things just kind of season over season fall, just the way you have it laid out, which is, which is never going to be the case all the time. You're going to have guys leave. Um, and, and that's really where I kind of view the transfer portal can help you. Um, it, it taketh and it giveth away. I wouldn't use it to, to try and, to try and, you know, jump over any high school recruiting that we try to do. 
philosophically, I think Rule is spot on with, I think he values chemistry and fit. And they got to be on that same level to go with the talent, right? He didn't want to screw up a locker room. And he, and he at least is my, my read is he's not willing to, to do that, which is great. Cause I think that's going to be the, the difference for him with the, the retention part to get the development. I think he's going to get a, a roster of dudes that want to play for him and play for their teammates. And, stay even when when maybe they're not where they want to be from a snaps standpoint and they'll see the results on the field presumably but above all i think they're going to just enjoy their experience i mean you gotta and 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 understand that their coaches and their head guy you know gives a damn about them so i think that that's your that's your that's your you know differentiator for for nebraska when we talk portal and recruiting and development and, and classes. I think there's an honest approach saying, look, we, we like what you can do on the offensive line, defensive line, quarterback, running back, whatever, but understand that, you know, we are going to go try and, and get as much talent to, to win ball games as possible. So don't be hurt. If <laughs> you're cool for five minutes, you get your, your, you know, your, your spotlight. And then next year, Here's this dude coming in that, oh, wow, I got it. That's how life's going to be if you want to do this thing professionally because best best guy's going to play. They're just setting them up that way. So I think that's that's how you go about it. And and he is adamant about the, the high school approach first with a little sprinkling of the, the portal. And, and you just saw that here last cycle with the, some key faces they added, uh, wide receiver and running back specifically, and a plug-and-play guy at Edgard on the offensive line. And I think it's understood. I think it's been communicated well enough for Nebraska and everyone to, to understand where they're at. Yeah, I think so. I think I think Rule's done a good good job with that. You know, Dabo Sweetie takes a lot of heat for his <laughs> approach to the portal, and, and for good reason. Like, he might just ride that kind of philosophical stance uh, – into into the ground which hey that's that's his call to make but like i think fundamentally he, he said at some point like you know why how can i go out and get transfers what what do i say to the guys that that we we recruited to be here and if any of us were the the players who had been recruited to be there that's probably what we, we would want too so you got to navigate that and, and i think rule did a good job uh you know when it came up regarding riola in that uh, first signing day press conference, he said, you know, look, I'm not going to apologize for, for recruiting good players. And, and as long as you like convey that, I think out, out of, out of the gates, which I sure, I'm sure he has all the players then know like, mm-hmm. Hey, that's where we're at. And it's part of the reason, you know, Clemson might be, might be struggling a little bit in that regard because out of the gates, Sweeney said, I can't do that to those guys and basically recruit over them through the portal. Well, what do you need? What do you do when all of a sudden people are saying, well, maybe you need to be a player in the portal. So, so much of it's about how, how you've laid it out and, and rules done a good job with that. There's also an understanding that by the coaches that guys aren't going to come in ready made from high school. It's going to take some time where you need to be dominant on the lines of scrimmage to, to get guys up to speed. 
most of the time. And while they're uh, seasoning, if you need to, to go get somebody in the portal, I think you look at it. Vogues, I want to get your take here on the, um, the advisory group uh, uh, with the, uh, the SEC and the Big Ten. And uh, this, is this a good thing for the future of college football? Uh, and I think they're, uh, the, the two big dogs are getting together to, to, to maybe hash out some rules because I think there's a ton of coaches that are sick of this 12-month-a-year deal going on. Uh, it, yeah, I mean, I, I I appreciate that after basically running the sport. <laughs> the two of them unofficially, <laughs> they, they have come together and decided to make it official going forward. Um, I guess we can officially call them the powers that be uh, and, and know who we're pointing to. At, the commi- this, the commission. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'll need to I'll need to workshop that and come up with a, a better name for for that group. But you got to go something. Is mafia. It... Something mafia just fits so well because you can see these guys meeting behind closed doors like hush hush, making sure the NCAA doesn't know they're meeting and running the sport secretly in the background. The gridiron mafia. Yeah, we can start with that and, and workshop it. A lot, a lot of walk and talks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is it good for college football? Um, I guess it depends on what kind, what what version of college football you like. Um, for me, uh, as somebody who who loves watching G five games, who would would rather have truly would rather have a twelve team playoff that included every conference champion, even if it means we're leaving seven of the best teams in the country out because there's just not room. Like, sign me up for that. Seriously. Uh, I, I'll watch UNLV uh, try to try to beat, you know, Wisconsin or somebody in in, in the first first round of a tournament. Like that doesn't bother me at all. But some people does. Some people are like, well, UNLV obviously isn't one of the twelve best teams in the country. Give me the twelve best, and I can get that too. That's where we're headed. Uh, like, I mean, it, so much about college college football is trending towards increased professionalization. And, and some of that's good um, off the field in terms of what it does to on the field. Like, I don't know if I, it's not what I would choose, but it's, it's, it's where, it's where we're going. Um, so I, I would expect, you know, with the, the proposal that's out there for kind of a power school subdivision and the timing of this big 10 sec announcement of this joint partnership, I'm guessing they're probably headed towards uh, a place where they can come out and say, here's what we're, here's what we are prepared to do right now in terms of a number, in terms of money that they're ready to offer their athletes in terms of, you know, basically putting them on the payroll. If we call it a revenue share or whatever, whatever the terminology ends up being. And it's going to be more than the big 12 uh, or the ACC probably want to do but it becomes a further way to just like submit your place and, and power in the sport. Cause it's like, yeah, we've got all, we've got all what there's 30 teams there between the two conferences now or no 32 teams. You got a full NFL basically. Um, like we can pay this. Are you guys ready? <laughs> or are you, are you declaring yourself not part of the, the power power structure of this sport? I think that's probably where we're going Brandon, to get you out here using the mafia connection. How long until Charlie Baker and the NCAA gets figuratively whacked? 
<laughs> um, Joe, Joe Pesci. Oh no! <laughs> I would say they've got at least got at least eighteen months, but probably two years. Like it's going to take some while. Take a while. I mean, the, the Gridiron Mafia just officially formed. It's just been officially recognized. So they've got they've got some groundwork to lay. Well, sometimes in, in mafia, it's important to move fast. You know, like you want to you want to strike before they even know you're around. Well, I mean, time to I, get to the Fed building. I mean, and and they have like it's it's well it's it, it's like an iceberg. You know, we only see the the tip, but one day you wake up and Texas and Oklahoma are headed to the SEC, and you're like, okay, I, <laughs> I guess they've been working on this for a while. Bogues, what's happening with Counter Read? Counterread.com. Tell the folks how to get in touch. Yeah, we got some more stuff uh, coming out from from a sit down that Aaron Sorensen, uh, my partner in this, did with with Trev Alberts. Uh, some kind of longer term stuff we've been waiting to talk with him about. So we'll have that. Uh, we'll continue to to track Nebraska basketball as they both men and women as they progress through through February. Should be should be a fun month for that. And then boy, there's there's always football stuff to talk about, and and that's right around the corner too. So you can check that out at counterread.com. Vogues, appreciate you. Good to spend some time this morning. Thank you much. Thanks, guys. Have a good one.